0: Hi everybody and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. I'm trying something new today where I record this while I am going to my son's pickup instead of talking on the phone because I only have so many hours in the day. And at first I thought that like the audio quality would be low, but that's just a joke because of course my audio quality is super low all the time because I refuse to get a microphone because then I would have to sit. And this is like the only time that I can stand and walk around and talk into my phone because during sessions I do have to sit and I'm doing sessions all day. And then I thought, nobody's paying for this podcast. Anyway, (laughs) this is a free episode. So as I tell to my kids, you get what you get and you don't get upset. And um, does anybody remember which book that came from? It came from some book, Ladybug Girl. Um, Anyhow, so that's uh, why you may hear the audio quality being even worse than usual. Uh, So today I wanted to talk about a topic that is super interesting. It's uh, about the self-made man. I have written a lot about um, self-made men in various regards. I have one key post about it called the self-made man in therapy and honestly a lot of the people I work with are self-made men and women I'll probably leave the self-made women one for a subscribers only episode but um, you know because there are a lot of overlaps but there are also differences so it's interesting enough to merit its own episode Um, and I work with a lot of self-made men because it's interesting I never thought about it but one client said to me once that they wanted to come into me because i was an entrepreneur, and then I would understand uh, him being an entrepreneur, so I didn't really think of myself as on the level of an entrepreneur, especially not many years ago, but there are certainly things that you do understand if you're, you know, if you own your own practice versus, like, working at an agency or something, so that's interesting, and maybe it speaks to why I get so many self-made men, or... Another bigger reason why I get so many self-made men is probably because of the issues inherent in being a self-made man, which I'm going to discuss here. So, uh, before I do that, obviously, I have to ask you my usual thing, which is to subscribe. Because if you subscribe, I promise you that you will never have to listen to my turn signal. Because I will make sure to make all of those subscriber-only episodes especially good by doing it in my basement instead of in my vehicle. Which, by the way, is an awesome Dodge Caravan 2013. 14, 14, I don't know. Um, Anyway, so let's turn to the self-made man. So what is a self-made man like? So this is really a guy who did not get any support from his family financially. And instead, everything that he is, is due to his own hard work. And there could be multiple types of self-made men in layers. So that's like the basic one, but then there's the guys who have like really good uh, and close family support. So they didn't get any financial support, but they got emotional support. Um, And if you don't have either one, then you're like a double self-made man and you got double the issues. (laughs) But it's also obviously you're double as impressive in a sense. So the self-made man didn't come from money, but he made a lot of money and he's high achieving, highly educated in um, a job that requires a lot of hard work and is often a think outside the box sort of person, particularly if he's an entrepreneur. Now, a lot of these guys are entrepreneurs because If you don't start out with a lot of family money or any family money, then it is harder to navigate grad school and like all of those things. So from a very early age, you're kind of thinking outside the box as to how you could make money. Whereas if maybe you had parents who had money, then you maybe would have just gone to law school or medical school or whatever, which is obviously very hard. But I mean, it's even harder if you have no money and you know that you'll never get any help with loans or anything like that. So, um... A lot of these guys started their own businesses, which is... Uh really popular among people who are outside-the-box thinkers. And interestingly, entrepreneurs have very high rates of ADHD and learning disabilities, so these are smart people who frequently are at the very least a little bit ADHD, particularly the hyperactive type of ADHD, where they are very stimulation and sensation-seeking. And they uh, they they also, in addition to working hard, They do play hard and they are drawn to a lot of sensation and drama. So a lot of these guys uh, are drawn to dramatic and conflictual relationships, especially when they are young, because those provide a lot of drama. Now you need to go back to my ADHD podcast to understand why men with ADHD would be drawn to drama. That's something about the stimulation, right? The stimulation makes the brain feel better, feel alive and boredom doesn't work so a lot of these self-made men if they do go into law or medicine it's litigation or it's emergency room medicine uh it's something where um or or like they're it's surgery it's like they're dealing with a lot of people who are going to die you know in some way or another so it keeps them kind of on their toes and it makes them it keeps them paying attention so while you know being a sensation seeker and stimulation seeker are good qualities for a leader in certain regards, they are usually not great when the guy decides to settle down and be monogamous because they are more easily bored by family life. Family life is very routine and the wife frequently knows that this guy had a past where he was engaged in a lot of sensation-seeking behavior so she could be more insecure, potentially about infidelity. The rates of infidelity are obviously going to go up if the guy's like meeting a million people and traveling everywhere which is also frequently what happens with these guys when they're at these high levels. Now, what distinguishes a guy who's just a super high achiever from a self-made man is, to be honest, a self-made man needs more narcissism. He needs to believe that he is good enough to overcome the obstacles uh, of starting out with either no money and or no family support. So there's a very adaptive mechanism as a child where he became his own hero, kind of. And the narrative of his life is... Is that he is able to, you know, take care of himself in a way that, like, others are not able to take care of him. So, especially if these guys did not have really supportive parents, they became their own parent and kind of parented themselves. And so, they had this, like, Superman persona where they overshoot in their own mind what they can do and they basically tell themselves that they're good at anything in order to like pep themselves up and like give themselves like a, like a confidence injection, like, like a pep talk all the time until they actually believe that they can do everything and they have enough success and then the success feeds back into the narrative and self-identity and it's this whole loop where they try to do more things because they believe that they can do anything because they just did a whole bunch of stuff nobody thought they could do etc 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 so also guess what these narcissistic traits do not work well with women and so while a lot of women are initially drawn to guys who are arrogant because they seem like they have their shit together and all of that um, they, they feel like, look, this guy's so confident in himself, he must really be the, the star I should hitch my wagon to. So women think this, but then over time, when they are confronted with more and more self centered behavior, which remember was very adaptive when the boy was growing up, this behavior was super adaptive. Nobody was really looking out for him, so he had to look out for himself. And honestly, the majority of the self made men that I meet, it wasn't just like they didn't have money, but they had all this love. It just doesn't work like that somehow. You you don't end up being fully self-made if you had like all this super supportive like attention. Like that isn't like that, that isn't the guys I see at least. Like they usually did not have, they, they usually had more struggles than most. Some of this could come because of the parents not really being that supportive, or a father being absent, or a parent having substance abuse issues, et cetera. But um, sometimes it's because they themselves did have ADHD or learning disabilities and school was a disaster. Sometimes they were bullied, sometimes they were sibling bullied. Usually there's like something else going on that- that um, gives the person enough almost like spite (laughs) to decide that they're going to throw themselves into being super powerful and successful. So people will recount for me like the moment that they realized that they uh, wanted to make a lot of money and it's usually some like real sad story about realizing that a parent could not um, do this or that uh, for them or a parent was humiliated by not having money or or whatever it was. They resolved to never be in that situation again. And if they themselves were humiliated by not having money, then they resolved that their children one day would never be in that situation again. But the same sensation seeking and arrogant traits that can make this person such a powerhouse to deal with, it can make them so intimidating and can make them really a charismatic leader, can be very difficult for women to live with long term. So that's why a lot of these guys uh, come in because their marriage isn't working. So the woman used to be super impressed by them and now she's just not impressed by them anymore at all. And they don't know why. They're still the same guy and they start to throw more more and more money and resources at the problem if she has problems with parenting they get a nanny they get another nanny they get her a new car if she's in a bad mood they do all this stuff but she doesn't like it anymore because what she wants is somebody more empathic which is something that this guy never was but of course in the honeymoon stage he was a little softer and more romantic because everybody is in the honeymoon stage so she thought that she found maybe the perfect man he has this drive this ambition he's going to make something of himself he's so impressive and he's so loving and romantic not so frequently that loving and romantic part uh, goes away and the guy frequently doesn't even realize it's gone away because he is in his mind still trying to connect particularly through things like sex which are very uh, attractive for people who have a high stimulation need so there is a profound overlap between these guys and the guys in the ADHD podcast and also the guys in the Mr perfect on his crazy wife podcast which is a bonus episode that I just recorded as part of my uh couples you meet in counseling and um uh, series so they to other people, these men really look perfect, and they're so energetic and proactive. They also, if they have kids, they really, in this generation, in other generations, they would be at the office constantly, not see the kids. But in this generation, it's even more prestigious and even better to engage with the kids. And then, you know, once people engage with their kids, they start to love to do that, and they get kind of addicted to it. So these men will always be taking their kids on adventures and travel, and their coaching the team, and they're doing all of these things at the same level of intensity that they do everything else, which ironically could sometimes be a problem because the woman feels outshadowed, overshadowed, and like she can't keep up, and that her mothering is really not uh, as, as amazing as this guy's fathering, which by the way, he's doing in addition to running the company that he built from the ground up, so she kind of feels like shit about herself And honestly, women that are drawn to narcissistic men start off feeling like shit about themselves. So this only amplifies a problem. So if you're in uh this situation in this dynamic you either are a self-made man or you're married to one then understanding kind of the role of this superman persona in the boy's childhood is really useful in giving you a more holistic uh nuanced perspective on how this man came to be who he is now there are again men that have like really loving families and and they just somehow um you know they were poor families and then the guy is the first one to make it big but what i see in my practice is, uh, not that. It is the guys who really had to also parent themselves because for one reason or another, the parents were not emotionally present. And when you couple that with the level of achievement that they've attained, they are pretty self-congratulatory, even though they may act humble. They internally are very self-congratulatory about like how far they got as well they should be, but they may not remember kind of all the mistakes that they made. They may not remember who they stepped on to do whatever they did. They may not remember like that they actually did maybe have some lucky breaks. Of course everybody does. So when these guys get to like midlife and beyond they are in danger of growing very arrogant even more so and having this selective memory. This can also impact their parenting because they're great when the kids are little but when the kids hit about teenage young adult years some of them have this artificial idea that the child should have the same level of grit and perseverance that they, the father had, without forgetting that they, the father, had to like crawl through mounds of shit in their childhood and obviously had to develop grit very naturally. And they've devoted their child's entire childhood to, uh, you know, luxury. And so therefore, what really did the child have to fight against? Nothing. So how could the child, definitionally, the child cannot have that amount of because a child has never been asked to do anything except perhaps, you know, academic assignments or sports. They certainly did not have to figure out how to uh, drag themselves out of a very dysfunctional family and or poverty. So this can lead to empathic ruptures with the children who feel that nothing they do is ever good enough for their dad and then the mother goes on the side of the kids and then I also do see some of these men in therapy for these issues where there are... um, ruptures with the children now in the the when i I have not seen these men, obviously, in my office when they want to get rid of their wives. This is like a a myth from the numbers that I see. Of course, I know I'm a therapist and people don't come into therapy unless they want to work on themselves. But yet, I would think I would see some of these men dragged into therapy by their wives who they want to leave. I don't. These men are loyal to their wives, usually, and love their wives very much, especially Especially if they met the wife before they made it big, because then they feel that this woman is deeply loyal to them and they feel they have evidence that the woman's intentions are pure versus perhaps women that they would meet when they're already wealthy and whose intentions then might be more financially motivated. So usually I don't see these men wanting to upgrade to the hot young thing unless, of course, the marriage has been uh, emotionless and sexless for many years, but they they don't. They, They seem to be very loyal. Loyal to family and this becomes part of the Superman persona usually also becomes devoted husband and father again only if the marital issues are not so bad that he feels that practically speaking there's no hope left and we just need to, to go our separate ways. So if you are this sort of person and you struggle with emotional openness or your husband is this sort of person and he struggles with emotional openness, like of course you do because you spent the early part of your life developing this hard shell that could protect you because you had to be your own savior, your own protector. You couldn't be vulnerable and you had to keep your eyes on the prize of success. And that does not mean being weak. That means being real strong. And then later in life, If your wife wants you to be more emotionally open, that just is not a skill set that you may have developed because you didn't have all the luxuries that your children have now, including, you know, two devoted parents and lots of money. So it was harder for you. So developing that level of emotional openness was not really high on your list. It was much more survivalist based. And even though now you're far away from when you needed any, you you know, you don't need to survive anymore. You're way into thriving territory. You still have the same emotional closeness and guard up and defensiveness as any scrappy person does, you know, who needs to fight to survive. You kind of don't forget that sort of um, mentality, and that can be very difficult for women to get close to. So when I have these guys in couples counseling, a lot of what we work on is just them being even just a little bit vulnerable and sharing any of their less than perfect thoughts or feelings or any weakness or insecurity at all with their spouses because frequently these women think these guys are like robots. You know, they just full steam ahead on everything, work hard, play hard, and they don't see them as humans because these guys never show any sort of, again, weakness or insecurity or anything or fear or any vulnerable emotion that can make the women possibly identify with them and understand them. And of course, if the marriage has become then sexless as the woman's response to feeling lonely, then that is something worked on as well. Because like many guys, and most of these guys, by the way, are avoidant attachments. You could go back to my attachment theory podcast to listen to avoidant attachment. But most of these guys are not comfortable with most ways of being emotionally close except for sex. So if sex is off the table, then there is like nothing. And if they do start to have more of a physical and affection in their life, then that, of course, will also grease the wheels for further emotional development, particularly within the confines of couples counseling, because that is what they're supposed to be focusing on. So I hope that this podcast gave you some insight into uh, your your own psyche if you are the self-made man or that of your husband or partner if you are uh, with such a man in a relationship and I do hope that everybody has a great day and that my first uh, driving podcast there is funny because... I talk to my husband on the phone like all the time when I am driving, obviously. Uh, I don't know if that's obvious, but like a lot of people do, I think. And, <laughs> and so then I was like, I'm going to just record. I was thinking, what the hell is the difference? The only difference is the sound quality. And then I thought about the funny joke about how shitty the sound quality is anyway. So it's really no change. Um, <laughs> and on that note, I will talk to everybody later. And I have a, a Zoom coming up with Dad starting over at 6. 30 p.m tonight so i'm gonna link you guys to that too in case anybody decides to just show up that would be awesome talk to everybody soon